Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 68 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch it. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, episodes 39 through 42, where Inyaba comes along with her justice. Yeah, and uh, do you want to know what justice is? Swiss cheese holes. Uh, if you were wondering if you could get some justice in your life and you needed some more justice, just buy some Swiss cheese and then take out the holes from the Swiss cheese so that it turns into just regular cheese and then you'll have all the justice that you need. And end of statement, end of speech. Let's begin. So you're saying we should take the holes out of Swiss cheese and we have justice. I said that's... we're gonna start now. I'm I'm starting. I'm just <laughs> still reeling from what you've said today. Oh my god. Also, Nala's being really loud, so you might hear the cat meowing in the background. Sorry about it. Yeah, before we get going, um, uh, we had like really, really quick notes. Um, uh, first and foremost, uh, just plug in our channel as many times as we can. Uh, go watch our videos. Uh, you can also watch on YouTube. Um, this is a new way to, um, to listen slash watch uh, our show. Um, or yeah, if and to we've watch actually gotten a little content. bit of traction on it, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, so, so I'm glad that we're not just posting videos for no reason. It looks like there are people that like that, and we're glad to provide that for you guys. So yeah, for sure. Good um, work. If you're one of those people, go do it. <laughs> Anyways, the other thing that we wanted to make sure uh, we. Uh, we are recording this pretty far out from when it's going to be closing, um, but you're you're cutting it close if you haven't voted yet. Um, you really, really need to vote. Um, our um, on, our on next the, show. Uh, new show that we're going to be watching. We've got yeah. This is um, this is two episodes before the new show needs to start, but we are also two weeks ahead. So I can't say that we will still be voting when you're listening to the Hunter X Hunter episode next week. Yeah. So it's, it's probably like you need to vote this week or you need, you might not get a chance to lose your chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, we're approaching very quickly that. So if you're, if you're interested in picking what we're going to be doing next, you absolutely should vote. Um, uh, it is posted and uh, tagged onto our Facebook. Um, it's on our Reddit, and it's also on our uh, Twitter. Posted at the top of our Twitter page. Um, yeah, it has it has me voting for bacon a whole bunch of times and a GIF underneath, which is obviously what you should vote for. Um, but <laughs> um, but that's basically all that's happening. Um, yeah, I haven't voted yet, but I, because I can't decide which show I want to vote for. But uh, if you guys figure it out, you should vote, and I'm going to figure it out before voting closes, because I want my voice to be heard. Yeah. Anyways, um, with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into these very important JoJo's Bizarre episode episodes. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I yeah. imagine this episode is going to be very fast on the content and very slow on our uh ripping apart of jojo's bizarre adventure so here we go <laughs> i feel so bad because i know that jojo's bizarre adventure is dear to people's hearts and i know that it's important in the grand scheme of anime because it, it it's been around for a long time so a lot of its concepts are foundational 
And I just, I hated this week. <laughs> I hated it. I, it was, I almost stopped watching and I was like, I have to keep watching. I have to record an episode about it. Yep. But so. like, yeah, it's just, I, there, uh, as, as you know, if you are a longtime listener or have listened to all of our JoJo's content, we like JoJo's sometimes, but not usually. And this is not a good week for JoJo's from our perspective. Yeah. So previously on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, JoJo, JoJo Sr., Polnareff, and Kakuin are wandering through the Middle East uh, just being as racist as possible. <laughs> yeah. So they, those are our main characters. They are the protagonists. JoJo is a teenager. He's kind of a strong but silent badass type. And they all have something called a stand, which is basically a being that manifests as a part of their sort of spiritual energy or whatever and has special abilities. So JoJo's stand is called uh, Platinum, Star Platinum, and he is super fast, particularly with his punches. JoJo Sr. is his grandfather, who was also the protagonist of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2. And he is able to do something called Hermit Purple, which has the ability to predict the future by breaking a camera and getting a future picture or by interfacing with televisions, but not needing to break them. So why the hell does he do the camera thing ever? I know. (laughs) And yeah, but I mean, he only did the TV thing like halfway through the story. So he definitely didn't just think of that as he was telling the story as an easier way to do this technique. It was always established, of course. He also has some ill-defined ability to create, like, purple thorn vines that can sometimes interact with people. But for the most part, it's just future-telling. Paul Nareff is a pompadoured Frenchman. He has a stand called Silver Chariot, which is a little thin-armored dude with super-fast sword movements. And Kakyoin is a student around the same age as Jojo. He originally appeared as a villain. He was actually under... I guess Polnareff did too. They were both under the influence of these flesh buds that um, the main villain can put into people to control their minds. And Kakyoin, once he was freed, became an ally. His thing is called uh, Hierophant Green, and it is sort of a uh, a green, also super fast thing that can sort of slither its body into any container and also shoot a rain of diamonds out of its body. Um, there's the main villain named Dio, who is actually the main villain of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part One, with they are with both of the JoJo's distant ancestor. He is immortal because he's a vampire. He was decapitated and placed in a casket with the original JoJo's body. He then took over that JoJo's body and in doing so awakened his own stand, which we have not seen. He is back from the grave and has been controlling a whole army of stand users um, that they have basically been fighting every episode as they get slowly closer to where Dio is in Egypt uh, Dio seems to have sort of a main general named Enyaba, who's sort of this old woman kind of witch person. And um, she's important because we're going to see her this episode. Also, in our last JoJo's coverage, we covered the part where they killed her son. So she has a personal grudge going against our heroes. Um, she'll show up in a minute, but first we have to get through episode 39, Dear God. Oh my God. Here we go. Episode 39, Wheel of Fortune. 
So if you're thinking to yourself, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a weird show, but it it usually does like something at least semi cool in the episode, and it semi puts things together in a way that makes them watchable. Okay, yeah. So let me give you a breakdown of what happens. JoJo and and friends are going to be driving along when they're behind a car. In true uh, muscle-bound asshole fashion, they cut around this car because it's going too slow for them. Yeah, um, on like a curvy dirt cliff road. Yeah. Which, don't do that. <laughs> and when they do it, they kick up a whole bunch of rocks that hit the car. Um, and then the car drives up behind them and uh, in other asshole fashion, uh, drives up so fast behind them and then cuts around them again. Uh, so the, they're now in front. Um, and this they is have like this... vacation with Chevy Chase. Yeah, it's so stupid. And but it's then... taking itself seriously. Yeah, and at one point, uh, the girl that was in the previous episode, uh, she never has a name and is unimportant. Don't learn her no, name. No, they named never... her at the end of the last episode it... before they wrote her off. And then yeah, they wrote her back matter. on for this episode. And she literally leaves at the beginning off. of episode 40 without doing anything. Like, who is she? Is she going to come back a third time? Why the fuck is she here? She doesn't do anything. Don't She's learn not her name. put in peril. Don't learn her name. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. I'm not looking it up. I refuse. She literally left in the previous episode. She joined up with their crew. She did basically nothing. She Mm. really didn't add anything to the story except being a female in a group of males. But she was much younger. She doesn't have a stand. Unless she's secretly a villain. I don't know why she keeps showing up. And then she left at the end of episode 38. And now she's fucking back for no reason. And not only is she back, she's on the on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, which when I first saw her made me think she was going to be the villain of the episode, but she's not. And then she leaves at the beginning of episode 40 without doing anything. Why is she here? <laughs> so, with that being said, <sighs> prepare for something even dumber. Um, they are driving along again after uh, picking up this girl, and they get attacked by the car because the car is a stand of a stand user, and there is some back-and-forth super stupid shit that's going to happen. Um, they're going to get knocked off of a cliff at one point. Uh, the stand that's a car is not going to be a car at one point, and it's able to make them see things at one point, and then they drive off of a cliff, and then they reach back off of the cliff with a winch attached to Hierophant Green, attach it to the stand, and pull themselves up, and then the car is going to dig its way through the fucking earth to drive up to fight them again? Why? You know how cars can dig. Yeah, like, I don't... Anyways, so it's going to come up, and they're going to fight it with their car a little bit, and then they're also going to fight with their stands, and then the car is going to turn into this, like, kind of badass metal car that's like it's it's gonna yeah, it's it like looks an, like it's it's like a possessed car or something yeah so you're having it's a moment the only where cool you're just part like, of the episode yeah so you have this moment where you're just like okay something cool might happen but instead of actually no. fighting with the spikes all over its body it shoots out inexplicably gas that turns into bullets that hits them then it turns out that it didn't hit them and those holes that they have all over their body will magically heal and instead really it's gonna light them on fire at some point yeah the bullets weren't really bullets they were just a method to apply oil to them so that they could be caught on fire i just so why did they need to be bullets so then 
Then the car... This is probably the stupidest part of a stupid episode. The car catches Jojo on fire. (laughs) We see him catch on fire. Like, we watch as he personally, physically is consumed by flames. Then there is a shot of clearly a full human body burning. Then they basically cut away to everybody being surprised. And then we cut back to Jojo not having been burned, bursting up through the ground underneath the car. It turns out it was just his jacket that caught on fire and he took it off super fast and also buried underground super fast so that nobody could see it. And I guess they just animated him being burned for the fuck of it. Yep. Because why not? There are no rules. So let's also uh, go into the fact of uh, let's let's we have a lot of dumb logic inside of this show. But let's uh, let's just do a quick little science lesson here. Uh, Take out Jojo's (laughs) Bizarre Adventure. Here's the thing about the ground. Um, If you're in the middle of a desert, which they are in, um, it could uh, you could theoretically dig underneath a whole bunch of sand that is on top of the ground. Um, that sand, uh, would be dispersed around you, but it would be very difficult to breathe and it would be very difficult to push you through in this, in this way, star platinum might be able to like punch his way through the ground or move through the ground, but you would definitely see a hole being ripped up from one side to the other side. Um, take this into a different anime logic. We saw, um, a, a different character in Naruto dig through the ground, but he had spun so fast that when he hit the ground, he hit it so far hard that he could literally dig through the ground as if he was a drill bit head. This does not happen in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And when he comes up out of the ground, as with the car earlier... You see the rocks, not dirt, not sand, around them break and pull open. That means he has been digging through solid rock of a plateau. Like, that is insane. Like, there's no way he could have done this. It is literally just fucking hand-waving it, making it be like, no, 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 dirt is just... Jared is easy to dig through. It's also easy uh-huh. to go underground, not me notice, not displace any of these rocks, and come up on the other side. Then, yeah, and I mean, presumably beneath your burning jacket, which is suspended in air like you're standing, Yeah, and look in a whole lot like you're burning, but somehow you burrowed underneath it so that nobody fucking saw you. Yeah. And it's just, it's contrivance. We've yeah. talked about this about this show before, but the author just pulls things out of his ass. And he also makes things happen for the sake of momentary melodrama rather than because he actually intends for them to pay off in any significant way. And like, I know that people that like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure often like it because it's ridiculous and melodramatic. So if you're one of those people and you're screaming at us right now that we're taking this too seriously, I'm sorry. I just, I don't like this kind of logic, and I don't like anime comedy in general, and this is just functioning off of that, and I fucking hate it. (laughs) Okay, so here we go into the next part. So, Jojo, without any prompting, suddenly can hit the car so hard that he could flip it over with with, with Star Platinum. Sure. Then, the driver of the car... yeah. 
the driver of the car is going to fall out of the car, and then it turns out that he is this guy that has giant arms and a little tiny body, which I guess is supposed to be funny, and then his stand is going to wear off when he gets knocked out, um, and uh, it, the stand is going to turn into this other wimpy car, and then they're going to be like... like I like that it's basically a buggy instead of a car that was turned into a car by his stand. I liked that. Sure. It, it's, it ends what is one of the dumbest episode. Not yeah. as dumb as the episode with the boat, but it's close. I, I liked the I, boat episode way more than this. I don't know, but, man. I, I hated that episode. It was way too creepy for no reason. Well, I gotta say, what I like about anime is when you look at, like, American media, people with powers often have large power sets, or I don't want to say generic power sets, but they're things that you see a lot. They have energy blasts. They can manipulate elements. They they usually can do something that isn't that out there and isn't that specific or niche. And one of the things that I love about anime is that it can take those concepts but twist them in a way that feels unique and fresh. They can take something that feels like it's too specific or too out there to work and then show how it works. And we see that over and over again. And we even see that in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, particularly now that we're in part three with stands where the abilities are more varied and more interesting. This is just does not do it for me. The car thing, it's a valiant effort, but it does not work as far as I'm concerned in a show that often does work, at least from the standpoint of having unique and interesting abilities in a medium that often does work from the standpoint of having unique and interesting abilities. But this episode just was a complete miss for me, and I I really did not like it. Yeah. So let's let's jump off this episode and go into episode 40, Justice Part 1. Okay, Justice Part 1 and Justice Part 2 and our last episode, um, they're going to be hitting the home stretch of this season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We have arrived to the last of the bosses. So um, the first thing that is going to happen in this episode, I... Uh, sort of liked because it's it it takes advantage of the fact that we didn't see Jojo with his uh his coat and his hat in the last episode because they burned inside of quotation marks. Um, and I mean they literally did burn. He was just yeah. in them, but then he wasn't. <laughs> so in this episode, it's going to start out with Jojo being at a store and spending apparently a lot of money to buy. A, a coat and also a school uniform with a hat yeah. that is exactly the same as the uniform that he had before. And everybody's really, just I like, where'd you get that too. uniform? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it's like he he's wearing a sort of modified school kid uniform, like a, a fairly, fairly traditional look for Japanese students in this time period. He is wearing that, but he's sort of made modifications to it to fit his character. And he gets an exact replica made in the middle of, like, Pakistan or something. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. It, I, I'll i buy it. I, I'm into this. Yeah. Um, I like to think that while he was on the road, he called ahead. And they took, like, two business days to overnight it to the store. <laughs> and then he picked it up from the store. 
No way. I like to think that he like painstakingly went into like a sewing shop and was like, this is what I'm going to do. And they iterated and iterated until they (laughs) fucking hated him. But he was paying them. So they just had to push through until they got it exactly correct. God, I wish we had a montage of that. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have a montage. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, the next thing that is going to happen in the episode, our aforementioned girl who has no name, never learn it because it doesn't matter. um, It doesn't matter. Get on a plane, but before she leaves, she sees Joe, Joe, and she's just like, yeah! And then she flies away. If she away. shows up, ne- the next time we watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it's the last four episodes of part three. If she fucking shows up again, whether or not she's important, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Because, stop it. Stop yeah. writing her in for no reason. Yeah, for real. Anyways. I don't um, even so- remember her having any memorable conversations. <laughs> like, she doesn't have a different social dynamic. She's just there. She's basically luggage that they sometimes have with them. <laughs> God, I hate her. No, I don't. I hate the fact that she's written into this. I hate that. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> she's not in this episode. We're moving on. By the way, you said the next four episodes, which are the last four episodes, and inside of my heart, I was just like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know we're probably going to watch part four after that. No, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, um, so uh, they are going to come along to this like uh, town that's surrounded by fog inside of a desert. Uh, that should have been a, a big heads up to people who understand deserts. Um, but none of them are that smart, so fuck it. Um, this this town that's covered in fog, everybody's going to basically be a dick to them. And uh, the actual B-plot of this episode is Polnareff needs to poop. Um, he has not been able to poop for so long, it seems like. He's been looking for a bathroom. The first thing that happens when they try to go into a restaurant to find a good bathroom for Polnareff, they tell them they're closed and then walk away. And then he's like, sees cockroaches on the back of the guy's head. But he's like, fuck it, I must just be seeing things because I'm in, I have the poop vapors. Yeah, and because shit like this doesn't happen in every fucking episode. Everywhere we go, weird things aren't happening. So this weird thing must not be happening because that never happens to us. The people who weird things don't happen to. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, he's got this. So they're going to run into... Um, they're They're going to come over to this, like, corpse that's covered in these, like, perfect holes that just punch right through this person. And uh, I don't really remember what they do. I think they're just like shocked and it's kind of gross. And then Jojo senior is freaking out and he's like, we should get out of here. Let's get in the car. So he does a really over the top leap to get into the car (laughs) to like jump in from, I guess the top of it. But then it turns out that he was seeing things and is jumping onto a spiked fence and i don't know how this happened i guess i guess there's illusion powers in the villain that they're encountering this episode because no no no. they explain it at the very end Uh, yeah because it turns out there's an illusion at the end as well so that must be what's going on but he he manages not to in any way be injured by this it's kind of stupid but i also kind of loved it yeah, so, this episode, I, like, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna shit on these two episodes, or at least I'm not going to as much because they're pretty I, good. 
Yeah, I legitimately buy these characters' powers, and I legitimately almost laughed at some of the stuff that was happening in this episode. Yeah, um, because I, what's like, happening to Polnareff is actually funny. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like JoJo's as much as the other shows we're covering by a, a fairly wide margin. It is, it's a show that I am usually feeling forced to watch instead of looking forward to watching. Mm-hmm. But like in that context, these were some of the better episodes, and I enjoyed them relatively well. Yeah, like so, still a the- lot of stuff I didn't like, but I enjoyed them f- more than I didn't. Yeah, so the next thing that we're going to see is uh, Inyaba is going to walk up on them and pretend to be a nice old lady that has an inn. Um, They are going to completely accept this on face value until the moment where she accidentally calls him Joestar. Um, Yeah, because nobody ever is being duplicitous with them, the people that nothing weird ever happens to. Yeah, and so the thing that's so funny about this is that the only person who uh, who like gets set off by this at all is Jotaro, and he's just like, "Wait a minute, she called me Joestar. That I, nobody else has called me Joestar." And then she's just like, she points at Polnareff, and she's like, "No, he called you Joestar." And then Polnareff uh-huh. is like, "I don't remember that, but I must have said that." <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing I would have said. So, so yeah, it's. Pretty transparent, but I understand, like, you know, when somebody says that you said something and you don't remember specifically one way or the other, yeah, maybe you said it and you just don't remember. And that I can buy that, sure. But JoJo's a little suspicious, and that's going to come up later. Yeah, it's going to be actually a big thing. Anyways, it's a huge go, plot point. <laughs> they're going to go into this uh, this hotel. They're going to go up into their rooms. Um, while they're up, wait, before they go up into the rooms, she makes them sign into a book, and then they're going to go upstairs. I only mention that because it's going to come up later in a kind of stupid. Yeah. Thing. Anyways, no, um, I totally love this point. Actually. <laughs> anyways, I buy it. So, it's dumb as fuck, but I thought it was funny. So the next thing that happens is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> So with whole horse, yes, they're gonna go up to their rooms, and whole horse is gonna come up into this yeah, so terrible village. Knowing- if you didn't, if you don't know who whole horse is, we covered him in our last episode of JoJo, and he was the partner to the guy that they killed that was in Yaba's son. He yeah. is also kind of a coward. He grant he has a cool power where he can summon a gun that, with bullets that can't he can control in the air, and he is also a coward. So when he feels like he has the upper hand or the drop on you, or when he has a partner, he will fight you. And when he doesn't, he is going to totally turn tail and run, and maybe act like he's going to switch sides. He's one of my so favorite villains on the show by far. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty cool. He's the most ridiculous, and he's kind of well-rounded, too, in the fact that he's also, like, this weird womanizer, and then he's also this liar, and he's also this coward. He's a really interesting character, and I'm so happy when they bring him back. And then he's, like, he's gonna tell Inyava, he's like, okay, you need to watch out because, uh, do you need help taking care of them? And Inyava's like, sure, come with me into the other room. And then she just fucking stabs him in the hand, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's trying to to be like, like, he's trying to be like, I'm so sorry your son is dead. Let's get these fuckers for killing him. <laughs> and then she's like, it's your fault that he's dead, basically, because you should have helped him not die. Which yeah. is sort of fair, because he yeah. could have contributed more. But also at the same time, I'm pretty sure that her son was killed 
after intentionally separating from Hall Horse to pursue the heroes. So he wasn't actually there and it wasn't his choice not to be. So she's kind of pulling hatred out of her ass here. Yeah. Um, so Horse is then going to be like, what's wrong with you? And she's going to show off her power. Okay. So if you haven't learned yet, the names of these uh, stands are stupid um, and they have they... no reason um, they are is... based off of tarot cards, but the abilities uh, that they have have nothing to do with their names, almost always. Alright, this one is just going to be called Justice. Does it have uh-huh. a color? No. no. Why? It's no the first, reason. <laughs> it's the first no color. It's the first colorless. Uh, you can spend any color of mana you want to cast it. <laughs> and it's called Justice, and it's Fog. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I guess they couldn't have called it, like, White Justice, because that would have been not great. I, uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, with the way the show has handled race and culture so far, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> so, Inyaba is going to, um, Inyaba is going to use her ability, and the ability, turns out, is if she has any cut on this person, any injury on the person, she can open up that wound into a perfect, like, a perfect hole. And when she opens it up into a perfect hole, she then gains complete control of that part of the person's body. So that she yeah, can the fog slide them can around basically become them. a marionette string that she's in charge of. And yeah, I like this power. I think it's a really I, good power. Yeah, the hole, like the perfect circular holes that punch all the way through... I don't get why it's got to be holes, but the 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 idea that a perfect hole has been punched through a part of your body is kind of viscerally upsetting, so I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. So then Whole Horse is going to try to get away from this by pulling out his stand, which is a gun, and trying to shoot it at her. Why he tries to shoot her with his fucking hand that is being controlled, I don't know, but she Bad turns idea. it around on him and he shoots himself in the face. End of episode, Justice Part 2. It comes up with Paul Nareff being best friends with Inyaba. <laughs> yeah, the Paul Nareff Inyaba buddy cop movie is one that I would watch. I love it so much when, it, like, Paul Nareff is like, where's the bathroom? She's like, over there, let me show it to you. But can you help me out over here real quick? Because I'm having trouble getting around. And then you see her hand, like, pulling fucking Paul Horse's body underneath the couch. <laughs> So it's just kind of, it's sort of a farce at the top of it where Polnareff, like they heard, like Whole Horse's stand is a gun. They have heard a gunshot. Yeah. But I guess the way that they're like upstairs and I guess around some corners, so sort of muffled and they're not quite sure what they heard except that it was like a loud noise. And so they, everybody's kind of curious, but Polnareff was already coming downstairs Because he's got a shit so bad. And I guess there's no bathroom upstairs. I don't know. There's only one bathroom and it's like back in the kitchens. Yeah, and they were like, it's communals, probably. And and also, for some reason, she knew that Paul Nareff loves a good bathroom. Um, Yeah, because he has, this is not the first time he's been attacked in a bathroom in the show. (laughs) He is, he is fucking John Travolta from Pulp Fiction is what he is. (laughs) Yeah, he is. 
So, uh... Wait, so no, the best part is that she's going to try to attack him, and then it's going to turn out that Hallhorse is still alive, and she he warns Polnareff on what the yeah, fuck and- is about to go down, so he runs away, and he happens to run into a bathroom. Yes. And I do. Well, I think it's because she showed him where it was and he chooses to run into the bathroom. But like I do, I actually kind of love how a whole horse is alive because he shot himself in the head. He should be dead. But the explanation, I actually totally buy it because unlike many of the ass poles in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, this is internally consistent with the rules they've established for the universe, which is the gun and the bullet from the gun is whole horse's stand and so when she turned the gun on him and he fired he released the stand before it could kill him so the the gun and the bullets ceased to exist yeah i, I completely buy it buy entirely that. yeah anyways um so oh, anyway uh, there's an army of zombies <laughs> anyways there's also zombies uh, we forgot to mention this um she has the ability to raise as many of these marionettes that she has control of through her fog as she wants to because justice um and so um, yeah because what is justice but fog that punches holes in you and then controls you like a marionette <laughs> i mean we've all been there jury duty is basically that i mean that's it that's justice yeah, excellent um, that anyways. is so aptly named. Okay, so here's the other thing that happens to Polderef. Polderef is going to be hiding in a bathroom, and then he's going to look through the keyhole to see if people are still out there. When he does, one of the zombies turns his tongue into a needle and stabs it through the hole in the door, and it cuts uh-huh. Polderef on the tongue somehow. I don't yeah. know how it didn't hit anything else other than the thing that is all the way in your mouth. But I guess any excuse to go like lick, 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 lick is going to be something that happens in the show. It is a theme. So, yeah, yeah he's going to get a wound on his tongue, which is immediately uh, turned into a giant fucking gaping hole on his tongue by Justice. And now his tongue is being controlled. So basically, it would be like. You see this with whole horse as well, where only his hand has a wound and it's only one hand. So he's got control of his body, but sometimes the hand gets pulled in a direction that he's not in charge of. Mm-hmm. And so now Polnareff, he's got control of his body and he can even talk, but he sometimes is being pulled by his tongue as though there were like a string attached to it that was pulling him around. Yeah. And then one thing. So he is in this bathroom that's pretty gross. And they've named it. And so instead of Inyaba just killing him like a normal villain, she makes him lick the toilet clean. And then Jojo is going to come in from the other room. And this is where this book is going to come in. She calls him Jotaro. And then she's just like, oh shit, I called him Jotaro. And he's like, I didn't tell you my name was Jotaro. And she's just like, no, you wrote it in the book. I saw it earlier. Like this whole facade hasn't already crumbled. And Jotaro's like, no, you didn't pull out the book and he wrote Antaro instead of the book instead. Uh, he wrote a fake name and so that way now he has proven that she knows who he is for real. Which is <laughs> stupid but I love it. Okay. So, so then she's gonna attack him with a horde of zombies. He's gonna summon Star Platinum and send all of them flying with no effort except for the worst baby of all time. <laughs> 
it's a little plague baby, um, and it's got like a stabby tongue. Then it runs over to Inyaba and climbs up on her, and it's like yeah. And then she starts taking control of Jotaro's leg, but before she can finish, Jotaro's just like, wait a minute, you will be defeated before you can take another breath. And she's just like, yeah, shut up, you don't other, know. <laughs> the other people are going to show up. The other the other protagonists are going to show up, and they all now know what's going on. And they all now know that Jojo is fighting Fog. And they're like, there's nothing you can do against Fog. It You can't punch Fog. And I, so here's what I'm expecting to happen. Number one, he's going to punch so fast and hard that he creates a gust of wind that blows the Fog away from him so that he can't be hurt by it. That was what I expected. Or, alternatively... One of the cool things about JoJo's is that if you can't beat the stand, you can sometimes beat the stand user. So if you injure a stand, that injury is going to take place on the stand user. But if you can't beat the stand, but you can get around it, you can incapacitate the stand user because you got to be conscious to summon the stand. So I'm like, okay, they're going to just attack Inyaba directly and stop her before they she can stop them. Third secret Neither choice. Neither of those things is going to happen. <laughs> Third Instead, it's a is, third, much stupider, just hand-wavy fix that happens for because. So, Star Platinum instead uh, just inhales really hard, and because he does that and he's inhaling the face of the fog, it makes it so that she can't breathe and she gets asphyxiated and passes uh-huh. out. And then when she does, so all I the guess, zombies fall apart, and then the, I guess, the entire town turns into a graveyard. He did kind of go after the stand user but by breathing in really hard yep i don't buy it at all yep. anyways like has he ever been shown to be able to do this i think they fought underwater and he was shown to have a heavy lung capacity but like this is it's too much if your stand is only fog you have to have some sort of defense against a gust of wind right yep. yeah so yeah so it it's a pretty good episode that ends in a really stupid way. But what's cool is that once Inyaba's fog is gone and she's kind of passed out and she's also sort of fucked up because he basically deprives her of oxygen for a while. So she has suffocated a little bit and is struggling. So they discover that the, the hotel was an illusion, just like in Digimon and the town was an illusion. All of the people that were zombies are actually like mostly rotted away skeletons and they have been in a graveyard the whole time, and that was pretty cool. I'm all right with that. Yeah. The next thing so, that happens is one of the funniest <laughs> other things that happens in this episode. Um, yes. Number one, they take Inyaba with her, and they're like, why are you taking Inyaba instead of killing her? And they're just like, that'll be fine. Um, but the other yeah, thing that they, they do... they're going to get information from her, because definitely that's going to work, because nothing weird ever happens to them. <laughs> and the other thing that happens is they're like... Hey, so did you finally find a bathroom, Paul Nareff? And he's just like, yeah, but let's not talk about it. And they're like, why? And he's like, no reason. And they're like, why is the bathroom so clean? What happened? And he's just like, shut up. Don't look at me. <laughs> but then the best thing that happens is that Whole Horse is like, you can't trust Anyaba. She's going to turn against you. And they're like, Whole Horse, you seem like kind of actually a decent guy. Why don't you come with us? And he just steals their car. And drives away, and he's like, no, I think I'm going to stick with Dio. Bye! (laughs) 
I love Hall Horse so much. <laughs> yeah, he's just the best character in this show. Anyways, uh, we're going right, to go into so, episode 42, The Lovers Part 1. Um, yeah, I usually is, would put Part 1s and 2s together, but I broke up JoJo's by dividing the episodes evenly rather than looking at the titles since we'd never seen it. So we're going to get kind of a cliffhanger today. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So this episode is going to have um, a character that I, I don't know how I feel about him yet. His power is actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, but I like let's, it. Let's go ahead and introduce yourself into haggling uh, the B-plot of this, <laughs> this episode. Uh, so, so stupid. <laughs> this is so, literally the narrator, not a character. The narrator is going to spend the first, like, two minutes of the episode teaching the audience how to haggle in the <laughs> Middle East. So It is a thing that does happen. So, here we go. First thing, they see a um, a food cart, which uh, probably uh, it just has a giant spinning cone of meat. Good, right? Um, so yeah, like a wa- like a hero meat. Yeah, it's so delicious. they're gonna they're gonna go up to get like a euro, and uh, they want five because there's five of them, um, uh-huh. and they're like, okay, they even getting one for Inyaba for some reason, I guess. Um, I, I guess because she needs to stay alive, now. or. <laughs> I like okay. They need to keep her alive, and they need to endear her to them so that she will tell them. Even though she was like so far Dio's main general, and they killed her son. But I know, sure, I know. Give this it a go, turn, you guys. This will this will turn her around. Like uh, she's appeal a, to her like, better nature. Yeah, like like she's a stray dog. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Give it. Look, come if on. you give it, if you gave it bacon, it will be fine. Fine. Um, Just leave anyways. some food out. She'll start to come around. Yeah. So uh, this episode um, is going to start with that. They're going to have a haggling uh, battle back and forth. Um, it turns out that uh, he ends up getting screwed over a little bit. The person in the glasses is just like, I sell these all the time for 150 instead of the 250 that you settled on. Ha 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 ha. Then it's going to be fucking revealed that he was not even somebody who sells euros on the side of the street. Or maybe he yeah. does. But why does he know the is price? He- of things because he's secretly one of Dio's most important generals. Yeah, so number one, I was expecting Inyaba to be the final boss before the end boss, Yeah, which is Dio. She is not. There is just a random dude we've never seen before. My, like most of the episodes where you get sort of like the villain du jour. But here, it's happening after this like what was sort of built up to be this climactic battle. So I was not expecting this at all. And this guy, yeah, like, does he live here? Like, is this his job? And he's just been co-opted by Dio because he has a stand and happens to be on the route they're probably going to take. Did he show up here and like set up a shop just to do this haggling ruse before revealing himself, which he then immediately does with no cost to entry. Like, what is the deal? Why is he here dressed as a haggler? He's also disguised his face, even though they've never seen him before. <laughs> so what's going on? Okay. So here's the other thing that's going to happen in this episode. And I, I kind of want to leave it open for next episode. So you can, you can, we can talk about more of what happens in this one in the next one, but here we go. So it turns out that he has a stand his stand is kind of cool. Um, the first thing that I saw, though, was Inyaba being in wake. And then all of a sudden, 
like, there's a whole bunch of tentacles sticking out of her face, and it's killing her, and it's ripping her apart, and then she dies before giving away what Dio's stand is, where they try to, like, revive her while she's, like, yeah. bleeding out, and they're trying to she- convince her to fight. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, oh, this is his stand. That's something crazy. But they're like, no, these are the flesh buds turning into these horrible things and ripping her face apart. Fine. Then we get the actual stand power, which is that if he gets hit, he can control somebody else so that they take the pain as well. And so he yeah, basically... He's like a voodoo doll. Yeah, so he takes um, he takes hostage uh, Jojo Sr. Um, yeah. by and sticking... He, it's not only... It's not only that his pain is felt, like, he still feels pain, but the the pain is multiplied, like, two or four times yeah. when going into the other person. So he can get kicked in the shin, and it's going to feel like your shin is almost shattering. Yeah. So that is going to be what is happening to uh, Joseph Sr., because uh, Jojo is going to um, hit this guy one time. He is going to go down, and it's before he's explained what's happening, which is kind of funny, because he's like, I didn't have enough time to explain before he hit me. Um, and yeah. Jojo Sr. is just going to take a hit. Then he pays this little kid to hit him in the uh, the shin with a broom, um, which hurts Jojo Sr. again. Uh, then they decide they need to split apart. Um, wait, and wait, wait, wait. Then the kid hits him again. And oh, it's yeah, like, more money, please. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Did I say you could hit me again? It's pretty Anyways, funny. So, um, they're going to split up, and the rest of the episode is just them finding out that there is a little tiny stand inside of JoJo Sr.'s brain. And yeah, and jo- it's taking another flesh bud, like what killed Inyaba, into JoJo Sr., which will activate and kill him in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then the other thing that's happening as well is that uh, they're having the worst time, Jojo, Jotaro and this other guy. Well, this other guy's having a great time. Jotaro is just getting the shit. He's getting his, robbed. His, he's getting his, his name watch is taken. Dan of Steel. Yeah. So, And I think they call him Steely Dan at one point. So that's <laughs> where that shit comes from. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's just going to be a complete dick to Jotaro. Um, I'm sure that we're going to see this exact same stuff happen in the next episode, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah. That's basically our coverage of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure this week. We'll, we'll be back with at, the same story next at, week. At the end, they the, so the, the way it's going to end is Jojo is being debased because he can't do anything to this guy without probably killing his grandfather. So he's off being debased but jojo senior ran away and they made it look like they were running away because stands have a radius in which you can use them if you get too far away you can't sustain them and so they go away so dan thinks that they're running because they want to get out of his radius but his radius is abnormally large he can cover like several kilometers so there's no way they can get out of this range in 10 minutes um but actually, Jojo Sr. is going to use his um, Hermit Purple ability to access a TV. And they've been running to find a TV. And he's going to use his Hermit Purple ability in a way that we haven't seen before because the story demands it. And so he gets a new power out of nowhere because that's how this fucking shit is written. So he is going to be able to show them the inside of his brain where the thing is so that they can see it in order to fight it. And then Polnareff is going to summon Silver Chariot, and Kakyoline is going to summon Hierophant Green. And because stands are just manifestations of energy, 
they are like, I bet we can make them super small so that they can go inside of his brain, which is a bit of an ass pull, but it's actually one that I kind of buy. So the end of the episode is Jojo trying to keep Dan busy while Jojo Sr. tries not to get too hurt so that he can maintain visual on the thing in his brain while Polnareff and Kakuin send their super tiny stands in to fight it to death. Yeah, and that's what happens. We'll find out and if he lives or dies next episode. Anyways, join us after the credits and you'll find out what we'll be covering next week. Uh, it'll be better than JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Guaranteed. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, Thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter. It's episode 63 through 66 where we get to do some training with Biscuit. Yeah, she's like she's like 10, right? She's 30. She's like 10, right? She's in she is in her 30s. The fuck?